0: Chris Marno, on this week's episode number 51, Jay, Chris and their special guest, rock radio legend and the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. Review the 1991 American comedy film, Oscar. Does it stand the test of time? Let's find out your film crickets are on now. All right, good evening, good afternoon, good day, wherever you are in this great, wide, wonderful world of ours. Welcome back to the Film Crickets. I am the host, Chris Martineau, along with my longtime friend and co-host, Jay Fordio. Say hello, Jason. Hey, what's going on? What's happening today, Jay? Uh, I want to also, before I go any further, extend happy birthday wishes to your daughter, Elaine. Thank you. So that's very yeah. nice. And also, today is my first anniversary with my happy uh, anniversary. With my wife, my Joanne. So uh, that was pretty neat. Uh, and before we get too much further, though, I'd like to welcome in our guest. Uh, as Steve said in the uh, announcement, uh, veteran of Massachusetts radio, 20 years on WAAF, uh, now on 100 FM The Pike. Uh, let's bring to the table Mistress Carrie. Hello, Mistress Carrie. Hi,
1: guys.
0: What is Hi. happening? I'm Thanks so happy for to having here with us. me. This Thank is fantastic. So uh, happy so anniversary!
1: Tell- I just had mine last week. I got Hold married that. a year ago too. So we're like married in a pandemic. Yeah. Whoa, holy
0: moly! Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Um, oh, wow! second go around definitely much better than the first time. I agree. Uh, I w- Me too. Uh, yes. Yes, all right. Oh, hands all around. Yay. Hands all around. Yay, <laughs> yeah, we figured it out. All yes. right. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, anyhow, so uh so tell us uh, so before we go any further, uh was, we we were talking before the the podcast started um and I got to know you a little bit, but maybe just kind of tell us what you're up to right now. Uh, Mistress Carrie or Carrie. What do you would you look You guys to call can you? call
1: me whatever you want. The the, oh, the okay, listeners
0: Jenna. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> The listeners gave me the name, so it's not something that I chose to call myself. Okay. But I was I was at WAF for twenty nine years, twenty two of them on the air, and when I started at night. You know, I I was this spooky chick on the radio at night and guys would call and be like, I spend every night with you. It's like there's another woman in my life and my wife is okay with it. And so it just kind of came, like the name Mistress Carrie just kind of stuck. So some people call me Mistress Carrie, some people call me Carrie, some people call me MC. I answer to pretty much anything you want so you can call me whatever you want. Um, All right. But when WAF went off the air, uh, just before COVID hit at the end of february of 2020 um you know i had been there in one capacity or another since i was 18 years old and so i had never worked at another radio station i had never gone anywhere it's a very strange story in radio to use you know to be at one station for your whole career Mm -hmm. and so through COVID, i built my own studio so welcome to mchq this is my studio And um, I launched the Mistress Carrie podcast in June of 2020. Um, I host a weekly streaming video show um, called Cocktails in the War Room. And then this May of 2021, I started on 100 FM The Pike in Worcester. And I also work at Westwood One for their 24-7 station. So I'm on a bunch of different stations around the country through Westwood One. So I'm pretty busy.
0: That's awesome. Well, I'm glad that you were able to kind of work through it, and you have your yeah. kind of like little burdening, uh, little uh, uh, cave of uh, of knowledge that you're kind of beaming out towards the universe. So uh, I'm so happy. To I get have you're no here other
1: marketable us. skills. This is all I know how to do. So I got to figure it out.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know what can I do. I'm not
2: sure. This um, is I all can, I got.
0: I can talk. Um, all right. So that's yeah, I... fantastic, and and I'm I'm so glad you're here. So. So um, as everybody knows, Film Crickets, we, we look at old movies, a lot of old movies, from movies from 1988 to 1999. Uh, Jason and I, for a while, we were kind of doing randomly kind of chosen movies. So we would, what we would do before we had guests is that we'd randomly choose a year, and then we'd choose the box office, and then we'd have to watch whatever came up. That's what we had to watch. And I'll, we've watched some movies that, man, you know, again, uh, what's the what's the one we didn't like there, Jay? Uh, heartburn, heartburn. Yeah. heartburn came up. Heat, we never watched Heat, um, and things that just never we never would have watched. But no, then we, we didn't adding...
3: do did Heat. We didn't. No, but
0: it was close. That was pretty bad. class. Oh, class is terrible. <laughs> um, so, oh, if you want to, that does not hold up. Oh boy, mm. sexist, misogynistic, racist at times. Mm. Wow, Good. it's something. Um, Rob Lowe, smacking the butt of his African-American, like, made crazy pants. So anyway, so but then we started getting guests, and we said, well, you know, you guys pick. And to be honest, a lot of the guest choices are things that we've, we've seen or people have heard of, but no one's seen in a while. And then Carrie comes on, and what was your first choice again? What was the first choice?
1: My first choice was Cannonball Run. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I was like, okay, well, if they haven't done Cannibal Run,
4: mm-hmm. have
1: them do that one. Because there's a lot of stuff in that movie that may or may not hold up.
4: <laughs> yeah. But,
1: but I still love that movie, even though looking at it through today's eyes, yeah. not okay in a lot of ways. But the movie just makes me laugh so much. And right. we couldn't find it. Like, Mm -hmm. I have it on VHS. (laughs) Nice.
0: We should have ripped that shit, man, and put it on the internet illegally. I don't throw
1: anything away. When it comes (laughs) to, like, music or movies or, you know, like, I have all my vinyl. I have all my 80s Mm -hmm. cassettes. I have... I, I'm one of those people that that saves that stuff. And I also don't throw away the technology to be able to view it. So Whoa. I still have a working VCR and I still have a working cassette player and I save all of that kind of stuff. I don't know why I just do.
0: Hmm. Well, I, you know, what? I want to see it in front of me if I own it. Like I don't want I mean, I have digital stuff in a library, but I want a bookcase full of Blu-rays. I want to I want to look at them. I want I want to yeah. be like John Cusack. In high fidelity and rearrange them alphabetically by artist in terms of the mood I was in at that time. So that's important to me. So, so anyway, long story short, cannonball run wasn't available. And my point with what I was getting to before is that you came up with, as Steve said, Oscar <laughs> from 1991. And I gotta tell you, and we were talking about this before. This is absolutely a blip. On the radar of pop culture, I mean, this is the Tic Tac Alien video. There it was, and there it's not. Where did it go? I'm not entirely sure. And the only reason, Jay, do you remember this movie? Did you see I, yes, this movie?
3: I saw it on cable back in the day, like like probably like you know a year after its release. Yeah, and I, I laughed a lot. I remember smiling and having fun with it because it was just mm-hmm. a it's a light film. Like you know what I mean? Like there's nothing. Oh, yes, there's nothing. Uh, you know, depressing about it. It's really just like you know, it, you know what I, you know what I was thinking when I, um, I basically was saying this is a nineteen thirty something threes company.
0: Mm, okay because everything is a is a
3: is like a misdirect with like oh you know like mm-hmm. oh my god it's yep. you know they're, they're they've they had you know she's pregnant no she's not like you know like oh mm-hmm. huh? they walked you know, in the they, wrong door yeah yep. you know like yep. everything was just like a you know like everybody thinking something else was the case and it really wasn't you know like the the daughter that's p- pretending to be the daughter you know like and then really mm-hmm. is the daughter all that it's right. it's all different things so you know like She's not really pregnant, but pretending to be. Mm-hmm. And then the only thing missing was Don Knotts was a giant bug eyes. <laughs> you know? Don
0: Knotts turning into a fish. Uh,
3: so, which so, is
1: another great movie. I love that movie I, too. Uh, Guilty I, pleasure. I,
0: can, yeah. I concur. Um, Incredible,
1: Mr. Limpet.
0: Yeah. So, so Carrie, you were saying before. So, I I like to ask this question. Jay saw it on cable first, and probably hasn't seen it since. Uh, Carrie, where is this in your personal life?
4: Or I don't know,
1: I don't remember why I saw this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if I saw it in the theater or if I saw it on cable, but I remember seeing it. And growing up in an Italian family, mm-hmm. um, my family had a Sicilian bakery, like I'm fifth generation. The only reason I the bakery's not still open is because I decided to get into radio
4: mm-hmm. and go to
1: school for radio as opposed to taking over the family business. So Uh-oh. there's yeah, I know, trust me. Oh
4: um, so there's
1: so much of of that kind of like ridiculousness, like the inside kind of Italian jokes and humor that mm-hmm. there's so many of those kind of stereotypes that literally are people in my family. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why I got turned on to this movie, but this is a movie. There's about a half a dozen movies in my life. That I quote almost daily for some Mm -hmm. random reason. And it's like my sister and I, it's just the two of us. And her and I have this language where we just talk in movie quotes. And they're random, like Coming to America, um, Ghostbusters. Like there's just certain movies that her and I quote to each other all the time. And for some reason, her and I both love this movie, Oscar, and Mm -hmm. we quote it to each other all the time (laughs) and no one ever gets the references because no one's ever seen the movie and so when you asked me to come up with a movie and I said Cannibal Run at first when that one wasn't there I was like you know what I'm gonna throw a movie at these guys that neither one of them have probably ever seen Mm -hmm. and it's gonna at least make anybody that listens to it google the hell out of this movie Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I'll just say this right off the bat. If you hated it, I'm sorry, but I am not going to apologize for loving this movie myself because I love this movie
0: no never apologize for stuff you like absolutely never ever yeah. ever because it touches somewhere regardless of if somebody yeah. else thinks it's garbage it hits you somewhere um that's my big defense of big trouble in little china uh my big defense of a lot of movies is like well yeah. you think or joe versus the volcano is one i'll defend it to the end because it just hits somewhere i don't know yeah. why uh, i don't know points. why
1: i love oscar i just do
0: so i'll just do a, a quick thing um and just something before i forget the point um, my wife, who is also like 100% Italian, um, she loves Moonstruck uh, yeah. for the oh. same and Moonstruck's a great movie. I love um, that movie. Mo- Moonstruck's great and what she'll say about it is just it's so true to it. The families, how everybody's in everybody's business all the time yes. they can't they can't just leave each other alone and yes. they complain about not leaving each other alone yet they won't leave each other alone yes. so and there is definitely some of this even though it's obviously mob stuff and everybody's a real related there was a hint of that in this um i'll say this about oscar i never saw it i knew it existed only because i worked at a blockbuster in 1992 and i would see it on the shelf though no one rented it <laughs> um, and you know and you walk past it was like, so dusty yeah it was it was big video cassette on there I'm like wow what is that and there's there's Stallone and I'm like this must it must be a comedy so that's the only reason I know it um, I knew it existed I did not know the pedigree of this movie I did not know that this movie is stacked with actors I did not know that it was directed by John Landis I did not know that El, El, uh, uh, Bernstein did the Friggin' score of this movie. I mean, Leonard Bernstein's brother, which is cuckoo nuts. Um, and all I can say is that it is is near as I can remember. Uh, this is one of two of Stallone's direct stints into comedy. The first one being Stop or My mom will shoot, which is probably one of the worst films <laughs> on a lot of levels for so many reasons. It just oh, is I'm not okay. Rhinestone. Oh, oh no! Oh, I forgot about Rhinestone. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's also kind of horseshit. But, um, but this is his kind of like attempt at straight comedy. And so uh, for some reason, it didn't do well. Uh, so anyway, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to get into this movie. We're going to break it down. Uh, okay. But first, I'm going to do, I love doing this. It's my new favorite thing to do. Um, I didn't realize it'd be my favorite thing to do. Uh, but IMDb tries to give you the summary of this movie in one sentence. So whenever you look up a movie, they, what is it about in one second? One sentence, which is really tough when you have stuff like Blade Runner. and yeah, you good know. Good luck. Yeah, I know, right? Or like Dune. So <clears throat> here's the deal. So here is from IMDb. Uh, so we have Oscar coming out in 1991. It's PG, and, and that was nice to see. Uh, an hour and 49 minutes. And it says, A gangster attempts to keep the promise he made to his dying father that he would give up his life of crime and, quote, go straight. That is possibly the furthest from... The actual goings-on of this movie that you could muster <laughs> in a sentence. Um, that is all I have to say about this movie. Look, and if they are it, far if the off the mark. If
3: the sentence, there's no way you can fit in. And the daughter pretends that she's pregnant. And this guy shows up. You know, there's just too much. I know. It's the bar- and there's
1: a bag of underwear. Yeah,
3: <laughs> there's yeah. a bag of underwear. Well, um, we did the burbs last week. Uh, Chris, you weren't yep. there. IMDb's sentence was pretty accurate. <laughs> Yeah, I would say it's a you know a family neighbors uh, who can't. Is, yep. is suspecting that their neighbors are uh, satanic uh, murderers. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty, and, that's spot yeah, on.
0: pretty much on, on the nuts. Uh, so we have uh, director John Landis. So again, big pedigree there. Uh, we talked about this before, and I want to get into it later. It's based on a play by Claude Magnier. I, said, I, I want to say it's not Magnier. It's, I want to say it's Magnier, um, and it's also that play is based on a French film from 1936. The um, screenwriters, I've, I'm not quite sure of, but Michael Barry and Jim Mulholland. And we are starring Sylvester Stallone. Ornella Mooty, who gets second billing, and I've never heard of her. Um, oh, I also have to mention that Sylvester Stallone plays Angelo, quote, snaps Provolone. Um, boy, oh boy. Uh, most stereotypical they, name ever. Absolutely. Uh, so we've got some alums from from um, um, Animal House in here. We've got Peter Reigert. Uh We have... Um, the drill sergeant guy from Animal House. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, I'm Mark sorry. Metcalfe. Chaz Palman Chaz Palmin- Terry is in this movie. Um, Yvonne Metcalfe. DiCarlo. Yeah, yeah. Don Amici is in this movie. Um, Arlene Sorkin, Eddie Bracken, uh, Art LaFleur, has been like a thousand. Kurtwood Smith, your boy Kurtwood Smith, Jay. Yeah, baby. Is in this movie. Uh Vincent Spano is in this movie. I mean, it's it goes on and on and May. on. Marissa Tomei is in this movie. There's so many people.
1: Linda watch- Gray, random. Linda Gray
0: is in. Like, I know everybody is in this movie. Um, and that to me is shocking. So um, I'm watching the credits with the claymation.
1: la 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 la
0: la. I know it's all that Figaro, and they keep bringing it back. Um, which I think is great. But anyway, so let's they, get and into they it. Show curtains nope.
3: like in a theater nope. when he does that. It's like, here's, here's, here's just so you know, it's I a play. really want to
1: see this done <laughs> as a stage play. Yeah, right. This so, must be a fantastic stage play.
0: That's what I mean. Like I it's blocked. It's blocked like a stage play. It starts in, it, it starts, and you can almost see it. it. It starts in one room and then it goes to the next room and then it goes to the next room and then somebody knocks on a door and somebody comes into that room. It's blocked like it's a stage play. In fact, you can absolutely see it because it just goes, it's all dialogue-driven. It's all acting-driven. It's all... It, it, there's so many neat plays on words like when and Mel- Terry keeps, keeps getting corrected by calling him boss. Like, Sorry, that's boss. a funny... That's I know, it's a funny joke every time, right? Stop calling him boss. Um, and the whole movie
1: it, takes place in a house.
0: Yeah, right. There's so no
1: other locations in the film. It all takes place in this one house.
3: Right, and, right, the, and the, the house across the street looking at looking in at them with the uh, the police so, you know so it's just they never leave anywhere right. like
0: That's you can great. see the stage setup where you have the big set and then like the federal agents would be like every now and then they they turn off the lights to the, the main set and just put on the lights on the federal agents going what are they doing now this is That's all crazy great. lights go off back on the regular thing Did anybody's ever seen noises off yes, yes. this is noises off I mean yes. this, this play is noises off and noises off is hysterical Yes, Uh, because it's just one problem after another mounting on another, mounting on another. And it all hinges on all of the problems are hinged on other people's problems, which just get worse and worse. And And you as the
1: audience member are just sitting there who could so very easily solve the problem as the observer. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're sitting there like
4: "Ah," Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because you can't
0: what what what's interesting to me and 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 what makes it such a neat, innocent movie, even though it's about no, let's not forget. Let's not forget It's an innocent movie about a person who doesn't who says he's not going to be a mobster anymore, which means he's been involved in organized crime, bootlegging, other nefarious acts, and probably murder
3: somewhere in well, I this advanced so, pedigree Saint Valentine's I would assume they became like a fond memory. <laughs> Yeah. Right. It was,
0: they, it, this movie has the stones to call Saint, they, Valentine's Day a
3: joke. All right. well, so I love right, it how he smiles like they, about it. Like, oh, yeah, that was fun.
0: Oh, yeah. Oops.
4: <laughs> so,
0: so, and I, I want to get your take on this is that it's an innocent movie which forgets the fact that we're probably dealing with a murderer. And the, the MacGuffin in this movie is Kirk. Oh, we forgot Kirk Douglas.
1: Yeah, don't Kirk forget Kirk Douglas, Douglas is, makes a cameo in the movie.
0: I know, right? So so we had that classic thing where Stallone goes in at the beginning of the movie, and he's a mobster, and Kirk says, I want you to go straight. And he goes, Dad, I'll try. And he gives him, come closer, come closer. My wife goes, he's going to slap him in the face. Boom, slaps him in the face <laughs> yep. um, because you're expecting it. And so the, the, the MacGuffin of the movie is, is that Stallone is going to, or sorry, snaps. Is gonna to try to go straight because he told his father he would. Because if he didn't say he was gonna go straight, Snaps Provolone would have killed everyone in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he would. <laughs> <laughs> he would have just killed everyone. the the The, the accountant who who admits that he embezzled $50,000 and yes. then another $50,000. Uh, some estranged woman who had his kid, she'd be gonzo. I mean, everybody would be D-E-A-D, dead. Uh, but but we don't. And that's the neat part about the movie. It's unbelievable completely. But the fact of the matter is, if he'd stayed bad, everyone would have been dead. Am I? Yeah. Tell me I'm far off on this. No, oh, and
1: he, and he <laughs> makes the promise to his dad on his dad's deathbed. Right. That he is going to legitimize his empire and mm-hmm. and go straight and become a banker mm-hmm. in Chicago after, mm-hmm. like during Prohibition. Right. And he tries so hard. Mm-hmm. And this whole movie is just this struggle of this guy that knows nothing but the mafia to right. try and go straight. And it has the purest of intentions.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And the world is just like, but your name is Snaps Prevolone.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you, but you just can't. Yeah. How are you going to go straight and and legitimize what you do? And what I loved about the movie is that it 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 like kind of like the Sopranos to bring up another mafia based Italian stereotype
4: mm-hmm.
1: that. It makes you cheer for the guy you would normally villainize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That the Sopranos made you root for Tony Soprano, where you would never root for Tony Soprano. Mm-hmm. And this movie shows you that the mobster, murderer, mm-hmm. bootlegger is like the best guy in the room.
4: Yeah, you're right. Yep.
1: And you're yep. like, I can't believe I'm actually rooting for for this guy because (laughs) everyone else sucks
0: (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yep and and i'll say this in in defense of this movie versus the sopranos we don't see anybody murder anybody so it's kind of easier to kind of go along with it but on the other side of it you have chas palmentary who is the heavy he looks intimidating he's taller than stallone he's bigger than stallone but who cries the most in this movie
1: Chaz Palminteri. Chaz, Chaz
0: Palminteri, right? Yeah. So, so everybody's got this kind of like they're bad guys with hearts of gold. Like we're just doing our jobs, you know. You want me to like he's what? I mean, <laughs> the scene where he just keeps pulling weapons out of his—it's <laughs> <generation>. like disarming <laughs> Europe. I know. Yeah, I've, it's easier to, to disarm Germany or something like that,
4: right? The morning so, Star, and, and his
1: name is Connie in the movie. So mm. he cries the most. He's the biggest guy. His name is Connie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and he thinks the comics are really funny. Um yes. and 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 he's such a he's so loyal. Like there's a moment where where he tells them there's a there's a lot of switcheroos about a black bag. And I'm going to be totally honest with everybody here. I didn't really keep the black bag straight. Did anybody really ever know which bag was which? I didn't. I
1: did. Yeah.
0: I didn't, well you've yeah, probably I, seen it a few more times I I, I've than seen I. it
1: so many times but <laughs> yeah. I'm one of those people that like can usually tell what walnut shell the pea's under
4: oh, like yeah, I, all right.
1: I, I have a little bit of you know with the three card Monty like mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at spotting it but I've seen yep. this movie so many times that like
0: I, I, I just right. assume that whatever bag it was was the wrong one yeah so that's, well, that's a good it. assumption but, so so anyway, but my point is with Chaz is that he's such a badass and he's probably, like, offed a lot of guys for his boss. Hey, boss, next boss. But he tells him to watch the bag and he literally sits <laughs> in front of the bag and stares at it. That's kind of funny. Not going to lie. The actors do so much heavy lifting in this movie. They're so good. They're my, so good, uh, which is going to be a point later, but
2: my it's favorite, so
3: good. Go ahead. No, my favorite guy is... Um the other the guy from animal house his his other right hand man yes oh, yes uh, the, the Aldo. Butler. yeah oh. although yeah i think he yeah. stole the show a lot in, in this mm-hmm. film he was just he was great.
1: i love the hat rack
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. It. he's <laughs> always
1: throwing the hats on the hat rack
3: he's the master of the hat rack paw- yeah. bit, like throws um, it behind him doesn't even look it's there um but like he's just just the, the lines he had you know like stuff like when he He's he's everything's the Brooklyn, uh you know, 30, you know, and then he's like, mm-hmm. but then he says a little later, thirty, <laughs> like right yes. halfway through. Oh, that was... pardon me, thirty. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> he was funny, man. What, what I, I
0: what I find interest what I find interesting about this movie, and if you dig in on this movie, what John Landis was trying to do was you with with the tone of the film. And I'm going to get into filmmaking here a little bit, but in the tone of the film, he was going for the madcap comedies of the 30 with like Clark Gable with like my girl Friday and like these really like zany comedies. And this movie's got like, it's not, I first, I wanted to say three stooges and then I changed and I realized it's more than Mark's brothers. where it's like the language that they're using, like oh, I, you know, this guy is some crust of bread or, or I don't even know, but the colloquialisms they have are harkening back to a time and they're bringing it back to now and they're forcing it. They're forcing these these sayings like, ah, he's a tall drink of water. That one, like Donald. Everybody sounds like they're announcing a baseball game from 1932. Um, other oh, the salt in the spot, the bambino going around the second bagger. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so there's so much of that, and it's so interesting to watch and listen to, just as a just as a study of. of I know people didn't talk like that probably like as much as this movie does but it's certainly fun to watch but and the, alongside of it this movie is so crisp like everything did you anybody notice that except for a couple of times everything is in focus in this movie Fair. all I think time I paid
1: attention to that
0: yeah the people and the backgrounds at all times are always in focus except one or two shots where it was a close up maybe when something was being revealed or the person was in focus but the background was out of focus everything's in focus which is very jarring to watch it makes you want to look at what's going on like a stage play a stage play can't change focus It's everything's always in focus because you're watching it um, and I just thought that was stunning and I'm sorry if I got film, film nerdy But it's it's absolutely no. I never noticed
1: that. But now this is a good excuse for me to go watch the movie again because now I'm going to pay attention to that. And then
0: when you you notice, I need you to email me or mention it somewhere that that guy noticed that. And it's a trick. And you got to remember, it's like with books, when a writer writes something, the words don't get there by accident. Right. And when a director makes something, it's not there by accident or hopefully if the directors were there. So it's there on purpose and everything's always in focus. Yeah, the color is,
1: saturation, all yep. of those things are there to set yep. a tone of
0: Absolutely. your
1: viewing experience. Yeah, for right. sure.
0: And, and it's setting a tone that it, this, while we're talking about murderers, this is a light movie, which is nice. You know, you're not going to get shocked by anything. Mm-hmm. You, right. you know what I mean? You know, you're always going to feel the same, which is really nice. There's no experience. heads in I any don't.
3: of those duffel bags.
0: no. <laughs> no, not once. Right.
3: The only no, time mean, like, he pulls
0: a gun, it's a. Ch- the only time that 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 Provolone pulls a gun, it's a chicken leg. So, I mean, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
4: that was right. And, it, and like part and of
1: this, the, the movie is like he's trying to go straight. So he needs he needs to change his whole life, not just the money part of it. Right. So he has to change how he looks. He has to change how the whole household staff functions. He has mm-hmm. to change how he talks. He, it, it's like trying to, to put the toothpaste back in the tube. Mm-hmm. It's just yep. this constant struggle of trying to get his life to be something that it just doesn't want to be.
2: <laughs>
3: right. And speaking so, so of how, how he talks, we got Tim Curry. Uh, which we hadn't yep. mentioned yet. He's another great right one, especially for back Ugh. in uh, early '90s. Um, so, so Tim Tim Curry
0: plays the uh, plays the um, the my the fair elocution lady elocution
1: teacher. Yes. Oh no! He, oh, in my yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it, well, he, so so Eliza Doolittle is to uh, provolone as Tim Curry is. I can't remember his name. Anyway, Thornton. sorry, but yes,
1: Thornton Poole.
2: Dr. Yes. Poole. No. No.
0: No. No. I'm, in, in *My Fair Lady*, I can't remember. Oh, oh the name of the, yeah. The actor in *My Fair Lady*. Anyway, so so the fact of the matter is, is yes. now we get Tim Curry coming in. So I'd like to bring up, and I'd like to see how you, what you guys think about it. Is the chaos of the film, right? Um, it starts off in the morning, and what seems to take, he gets up at eight, and this movie is supposed to end by noon. Because that's when the bankers are coming by. So the 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 crux of the movie is. That Stallone is Stallone. Yeah, Stallone. Provolone. Snaps. Stallone. Snaps. Um. But by the way, my favorite line of the movie is: "There's they're talking. Sorry, let me let me rewind." The whole point of the film is is that Provolone is going to invest his money in a real bank, right? So he's not going to launder money anymore. He's actually going to invest in a bank, and these bankers are going to take his money and start a legitimate. Enterprise and they really or, want his
1: money cuz it's a lot of money.
0: It's a lot of money. They said, "Well, why do we want to, you know, why do we want to deal with this crook?" And basically, well, I can just envision all the money in our vaults. And he says, "I think I forgot the exact line, and I'm sure Carrie you know it. Uh, so you please <laughs> correct me cuz I really like the line. I only saw this movie 3 hours ago, 4 hours ago, was he said something along lines with, "I I would rather not deal with people who have who have quotations in their names. Oh yeah. The name, in, the quotes. Yeah. There, they have their name in quotes. Not, yeah. I'd rather not,
1: I'd rather not do business with, with someone with his name in quotes or something. That is, that is
0: genius. And yeah. the writing, the writing in this movie is so clever and it's so linked together. Now let's get back to the chaos bit. So obviously we talked about noises off. The, the ball starts rolling at 8am and it doesn't stop right Mm -hmm. and we would be hard pressed to try to get every little thing that changes in this movie I, I think that would be a lesson in futility to try to get everything that goes wrong but every moment that goes by something goes wrong that only Provolone can fix like he's the center he's the centerpiece of the entire thing and the whole world is swirling around him and every character that gets introduced goes through Provolone never other people it's always through Provolone so we have this mobster who's trying to be legit and trying to get his life in order that he doesn't really know how to do. And, and the world is And doesn't prom- want to
1: do either, but has no. to because his father made him promise on his deathbed.
0: Mm. Right. And what, what would he know, by the way? Even if he said, yeah, Dad, I will and doesn't. I mean, <laughs> unless you believe in the afterlife, fine. But that's the, but that's
1: the Italian thing where
0: it's like... I know. It's like a blood oath. I know. Oath I know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a blood oath. What does it matter? He's not around. Mm. Um, But... but how palpable was the chaos in this movie? What's more enjoyable? What's more enjoyable? The dialogue or just the introduction of these ridiculous... Because the levels of chaos and craziness in this movie gets more and more ridiculous. The situations get n- more and more nuts <laughs> as, the, as it goes by until we get to a point where the double-switched daughter who wasn't the daughter but is a daughter and... Lied about being the daughter, but actually is the daughter from a... What, what the hell is going you on? You sound
1: like Connie I, right now. <laughs> Try, I know. Paul Materi's character. <laughs> right. Your other daughter. What daughter? Like, <laughs> right.
4: Like, and it's important how-
1: to note that like, while he's going through his day,
4: mm-hmm.
1: trying to get to the meeting with the bankers, the yep. feds mm-hmm. are convinced that they are finally going to nab the biggest gangster in Chicago and the feds have him under surveillance Mm -hmm. and today's the day that they're going to bust the mighty snaps Prevalone. They don't have any idea that today's the day snaps goes straight.
4: Hmm.
0: Ah, it's true.
1: So (laughs) while you've got Sylvester Stallone's character, Prevalone, trying so hard the one day he decides today's the day I flip the switch I meet with the bankers I go legit Mm -hmm. the FBI gets the search warrant they get ready and today's the day that they're gonna investigate him they're gonna arrest him and they're gonna Mm -hmm. look like heroes on the front page of the paper
0: right wow and that is not that would be enough
1: to fill the movie never mind (laughs) the bags the underwear the daughters (laughs) like yeah it's ridiculous,
0: and let's not let's not forget this movie is so we have all of these things, and and I gotta be honest, so I've never seen it. I just know it's one of the ill-fated Sylvester Stallone comedies, so I'm trying to figure out. Okay, this is a noises off movie, and all of these all of these little, like, all of these storylines are gonna come together to a point, right? Like something is gonna happen. That's going to unravel, either make everything come together at the end or unravel everything because everything's interconnected somehow, right? That's yeah, what, he's the hub.
1: So, it all yeah, he's connects the hub. to him.
0: Right. And I keep going, why do they keep calling them? No, Oscar, the movie's called Oscar. We <laughs> never see Oscar. <laughs> no, we you don't, do.
3: At the
4: end. At
0: the, at the, end. End. <laughs> at the end. At the end. Right. Yes. So, so there's this character, Oscar, who has knocked up Provolone's daughter, who is pregnant and who is, is going to get married to the r- wrong people. I don't even She's not pre- So, oh, she's not pregnant. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm getting my... She, anyway. she says
1: she's pregnant because she feels trapped right. in the okay. house as the mobster's daughter, who's just right. the spoiled rich girl that just wants to live her life but can't because she snaps Prevalone's daughter, hmm. oh, a.k.a. Well. Marissa Tomei
0: right well pardon the hell out of me for not being able to keep this shit straight so (laughs) (laughs) unbelievable i couldn't but i'm waiting for like why where is oscar and i'm just thinking like oscar is going to be the thing that's going to come up at the because oscar is away at world war one he's skipped town but he actually enlisted in the army and he's away and at the end of the movie there's just as you expect, there's a lot of like marriage switching and people finally falling in love and marrying the right person in their lives. All the
1: and lies all they told, all yep. come yep. together, and they're like, "Oh, wait a minute! Everybody gets caught in their lies at one point yep. or another." And poor right. Sylvester Stallone, yep. is stuck in the middle of it. That's awesome.
4: Yep. Yeah.
0: And and, and I'm, what I'm waiting for is like Oscar sort to of come in and just blow everything up. And Oscar comes in and is like, hey, he's at a wedding. You know, it's at that classic moment where it says, anyone here wants to object, please speak up now. And, and goes, I object. And here comes Oscar in World War One, like, um, fatigues and, like, uh, uh, foxhole gear, you know, with the knickers, the blooming knickers and everything. And it's like. Uh, this marriage can't go on because I love her. And then they drag him out of the <laughs> out of the church on they his shoulders.
3: They basically take him almost like crowd surfing. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
4: I'm he like, just gets taken.
0: that just to me, did, as awesome. much as. Right. So as much as you want, like it, that's kind of genius. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't. The movie is about one character you never see. That to me is clever. The writing, I can't even fathom writing this script or this play. How? I love
1: the (laughs) part, I love the the little moments in the movie. Everyone has sat in a waiting room with Mm -hmm. strangers waiting for an appointment, waiting Mm -hmm. for a whatever. And the magical moments in this movie are the interactions between the different groups of people waiting for their time with Snaps that day.
4: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: And and they're in the mansion of this famous Chicago gangster, so they just keep putting people in different rooms waiting. And, like, I love it when the accountant get stuck with the Finucci's, <laughs>
2: yes <laughs>
3: the piano <laughs> because because
1: yep. the, the Finucci's, which is Harry Shearer like no yep. small star power there right they're the they're the best suit tailors in all of Chicago and Snaps needs to redo his suits because he needs to look more like a banker
4: mm-hmm. and
1: so they bring him over I mean he brings them over to fit him with a new wardrobe to look like a banker Mm -hmm. But these guys are so used to making suits for mobsters Mm
4: -hmm. and
1: their resume is (laughs) the newspaper clippings of all the mob (laughs) hits and all the dead guys are wearing their suits. Right. (laughs) It's like the most ridiculous. And so they're like bragging to people about like, see, this my work. Mm -hmm. And they're showing the suits off, but everyone else thinks that they're hitmen because they're bragging about how good their work is. And they're just showing, well, no, the dead guy's wearing my suit. Like, Mm -hmm. there's this great moment where they're sitting there with the piano and they Mm -hmm. start dancing. And then they Mm -hmm. realize, and like the guys all, and then he realizes that he's like playing the piano for these two guys that he thinks are cold-blooded killers.
4: Mm Mm-hmm. And there's yep. like
1: all, like the, the quotes I say with my sister, like, you want a fast or you want a good? That's a fanucci.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I say no.
1: that literally almost every day. You want a fast or you want a good?
2: Oh. And the part oh. where Harry
1: Shearer rattles down all the names, like this big Luigi and this little Luigi. Yep.
0: Like, no, that, that's the other guy. That's the lawyer from Jurassic Park. Yes. Does that. Oh. Yes. The other guy does that. And yes. what I thought was really interesting about that. And again, these actors are doing some heavy. Martin Ferraro. Yeah. Um, they're doing some heavy lifting. Like, all yeah. the actors are doing a lot of heavy lifting with what they're doing. And when that guy rattles off those names, it is absolutely emulating the opera at the beginning of the film. Mm, uh, humming it if you get a, humming if you get a, humming if you get a, humming if you get a, if you get a yeah. just rattling him off. And I'm like, how in the hell did he, and how are they doing this with a straight face? I don't I don't get, and how are they even knowing what to say and when? Um, and
1: you know those guys, the quality of an actor like Harry Schur, like, there's yep. no way that this was all scripted dialogue.
2: Mm, I right.
1: guarantee you, they mm-hmm. did a straight take off the script, mm-hmm. and then they were like, "Okay, we have, we we got the straight take.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Now just ad lib and see what comes out."
4: Right, because there's no
1: way in a movie with people like Tim Curry and and Harry Shearer that you're not letting these guys loose a little bit to like try. So I'd be very curious to see the actual script versus. The dialogue that actually made the movie and how different
2: it is and the uh, uh
3: I, the I, tim Carey uh innuendos that keep coming out like you know oh. like you have a dangling participle <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yep. laughs> huh? well, he checks I, himself I, 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 <laughs> yeah i i
0: think it's interesting that this the movie and again we're talking about the acting is that it's as obviously as it's just a zany comedy it's it's marx yeah. brothers i think it's Marks Brothers. Yeah. Um, and and the, it has even though it has moments of emotion, there are n- really no tender moments. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there are no like like heart melting moments anywhere in this film. Not that there aren't nice moments, like between Tim Curry and Marissa Tomei, and right. and, and 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 when um whatever the fake daughter who ended up being the real daughter and the and the <laughs> accountant. Jesus Christ! This is how I'm describing the movie. Um, like when they f- realize, oh wait, we can't be without each other. It's tender, but well, I mean, it's warm, but it's not like tender. There's no like yeah, violin it's not a chick music. Flick. Yeah, no. no, well, I mean, it's just that it's it doesn't waste its. I don't want to say waste its time, but it wouldn't be appropriate for the film. The film is a zany the pacing would be mess thing. Up. The pace, yeah, the pacing would be all wrong yeah. because you have to go from room to room to room to room problem the problem the problem it basically when somebody knocks when oh, and i'm sorry no, hold on cool. when somebody knocks on the door something bad's gonna happen every, t- at, <laughs> every at some time. point every th- when there's a knock on the door this thing's gonna go left fast and it does which is interesting to see i'm sorry no i was check. just
3: saying it follows the pace of the opening number yeah you're right you know and it nope. sticks with it good, good observation yep
1: it just keeps mm-hmm. getting faster yeah
3: it just keeps yep. yeah the
4: And you're like,
1: they got to get this right. Like, and I'm one of those people that when I watch movies like that, I'm like,
4: like, Mm -hmm.
1: just, just turn around and see the person. And then, but then it's like, okay, then the movie's 10 minutes. Right,
4: right. Yeah, you're right. Like this stuff
1: has to play out, but there's a certain Mm -hmm. amount of like, oh my God, just get the fucking right bag.
2: (laughs)
4: There's, There's
1: three bags. There's a bag of cash, a bag of jewels and a bag of underwear. Yeah. And the the right bag is never in the right place at the right time.
4: Right, right. But it, you,
1: as the audience member, are like, uh, how did you not see that he just yeah. took the bed? Turn around, he's taking the yeah. wrong bag!
3: Like, like, it's, like, it's like just like Chaz, that. Chaz is Pal- it's Chaz, right? Chaz Pal- is it? Yeah, Chaz Palmieri. yeah. He grabs, instead of, when he looks outside at the nice moment that he's looking at, he, he didn't pick up the bag. That's the, that would have been the only thing he could have done to continue yeah. to watch mm-hmm. it by holding it. He
1: literally it. took his eyes off the bag yeah. for 20 seconds. Yeah. And in those 20 seconds... It got taken,
0: yeah. Swapped out. It got it taken. Is, yeah. It's quite literally the, you had one job. Yeah. <laughs> right, so you, had, you had part. one yeah. job. Uno jobo. Mm-hmm. One yeah. job. No. What I think is funny, too, about the movie is that again it's zany we don't need a lot of depth of character we just need to know what the characters basically do in a situation we don't need to know their history we just need to know that it's going to they're going to add a new level of confusion to the whole thing that already existed right so we know that that possibly that provolone is probably a cold-blooded murderer or at least involved with cold-blooded murder decides he's going to go clean the whole movie is based around him going to be clean at the end of the film you realize the bankers are actually some of the worst people in the in the room the 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 competing mob family with the informant who has a stutter
1: five spot probably, charlie
0: i know probably doesn't play out today but okay Uh um, <laughs> roy wally uh yeah yeah roy wally it was roy wally you're right um they're actually coming to kill people and they get intercepted by the feds and the movies ends with um he's so solemn about going straight and he goes they decide I'm not going to go into banking because they're bigger crooks than we are. We're going to go back into organized crime. And it's a, literally a moment of hooray yeah. back into crime and murder. We're good at that. <laughs> and, and you're actually relieved like, oh, that's a good choice. And, yeah. the, re- and, the, and the way that, that Stallone makes good, it goes, sorry, dad, I <laughs> tried. <laughs> like he's so worried about it for four hours. Like, well. I tried but I guess I'm a murderer. Yeah.
1: I, you, <laughs> I you know. know I tried. You saw yeah. what happened down here. This did wasn't he really, my fault.
0: Did he really try?
1: I mean he kind of Did he did. really like, try? He's like, "Okay, I'm going to tell everybody that works for me to stop calling me boss." Yeah. But they can't. I know because they call him boss and that's what they call him he went to change his wardrobe and he's got the two finucci brothers that are going to come over and fit him for suits and every time they start measuring him, they get he gets pulled out of the room and the finucci's just end up waiting for him all day Mm -hmm. he tries i mean i love that they address the sylvester the sylvester stallone like you can't understand what he says Mm
4: -hmm.
1: like Every Stallone movie, that's the joke, is that it's like, like you can't understand him. And they address that in this movie where they're like, we're going to bring in Dr. Thornton Poole, who's an elocution Mm -hmm. teacher, and he's going to run him through all these tongue twisters to try and make him be able to speak more clearly and effectively. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Poole is like this stereotype of the nerdy guy that's never been married that lives with his mother...
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like it—that's Tim Curry, like, yeah. like Snaps. I really do feel like he was like, "Look, I'm if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it," and he and he and he tried. I really feel mm-hmm. like he tried.
0: Okay, all right, because I was I gonna do. ask that was one of—I was gonna ask him, like, how, how hard was he actually trying? I mean, um, look, it,
1: he had a really shit day.
0: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and
1: after a shit day like that, it's like, do you really want to get up and try again tomorrow?
0: Right, right, but but Carrie... What's the time span in between his father dying and him deciding to give all his money to the bank? I, I, that
1: I don't, I don't know. One month yeah, later.
0: is it at the beginning? Was it? Oh, it was You're right. It said it. It said a month. Yeah. All right, but still, that's not enough time to like change your whole life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're. I think he's just. I. I think he needed to kind of do maybe baby steps.
2: You know, maybe. maybe
0: one thing at a time. But I guess he didn't have a choice. Cause he got thrown at the attorney comes in. So who's the bad guy in the movie? I think it's the accountant.
1: The the son-in-law.
0: The, guy, the son-in-law.
1: The fake he's, son-in-law.
0: He starts the ball rolling. He's the yeah. reason that everything happened the way it was. So he's, he's the really, guy that
1: would've died first, to your point. Ab- that absolutely. if that if snaps hadn't tried to go straight, like he would have been mm. the guy. That legit got, he would have literally capped him right then in the, in the yeah, moment
0: because at that moment,
1: he's, he's, I love the fact that all the people, it goes back to what I was saying. Like it makes you cheer for the bad guys because the quote unquote good guys, the accountant, the bankers, the people with mm-hmm. legit jobs are the worst fucking people in the movie.
4: <laughs> yeah, you're right. And you're the right. account,
1: when your accountant literally looks you in the eyes and says he's been stealing from you the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, oh, how many times have you heard that?
4: Right. Mm-hmm. That, oh, it's
1: the accountant steal. I mean, especially in the music business. Like, how many times have you heard that? Mm-hmm. That sure, you know, the musician got all their money stolen by their manager or their accountant or whatever. And it's like it makes you go to the to the bad guys. Like I I love Chaz Palmateri. I loved Connie. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. um, uh, what the hell is his name? Um, Anthony Reza- is it Anthony Rosano? No, that's the that's the accountant. Yeah, Aldo, Aldo. the butler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love Aldo. I love Connie. Like the guys that are the biggest thugs that you're not supposed to cheer for. are The guys I love the most.
0: Right, right. And and everything would have been fine if we if the accountant hadn't shown up that. If day. Anthony so,
1: Rosano hadn't been yep. stealing from him. Yeah. <laughs> right,
0: and and, and it would have made a nice transition to going straight. But he screwed the whole thing up, and he's the beginning. So yeah. it's really not it, – as much as we want to say how much did he try to go straight, really none of it was his fault because he didn't start any of it. He was actually trying – he was trying to go straight, and then just things got in the way that you just – you have to handle the way you're going to handle it. So. Walk, yeah, he, he, the he has a
1: daughter he's given everything to Yep. who's miserable. That's not yep. his fault. Mm-hmm. He, he has a wife – that is just the high-maintenance, rich Mm -hmm. mob boss wife that's impossible to please. Right. He had no idea he's being investigated by the feds. He had no idea that the other rival mafia family was trying to kill him. Mm -hmm. He had no idea that his affair that he had when he was younger spawned a daughter Mm -hmm. that was going to show up at his door that day. Right. Like, none of this stuff was his fault. Mm -hmm. All he did Mm -hmm. was control the staff, make the appointment with the bankers, make an appointment to get a new suit, and have an appointment with his linguist to try and work on the fact that he can't speak clearly. That's Mm -hmm. all he did that day.
0: Yeah, you're right. His
1: whole day went to shit, and none of it was his fault.
0: (laughs) Right. And there's another knock
3: at the door. And there's another knock at the door. Like uh, like I was Um, saying a second ago, it was... uh, uh, Aldo walking into the room with the two bottles of champagne. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> and, and what was it? And he just it, turns
1: around and walks back out right. again.
3: But he's like, well, oh, what we, did he say it was? For, uh, I forget. He's like, during Prohibition?
4: <laughs>
3: yeah. I forget what he said. He he made some like excuse. Up.
0: You could oh, make, really? uh, did he say something religious? Because I know in Prohibition you could have you could have liquor for religious reasons and doctors could prescribe it as medication. Yeah. So yeah. now suddenly everybody was changing religions and going to their doctor for liquor prescriptions. Yeah. Um, which, which I, is
1: literally happening right now, which is absolutely. why it holds up because yep. people are going to the chiropractor, trying not to get the vaccine.
0: Right. <laughs> which like, is
1: just as ridiculous.
0: Yep. <laughs> absolutely. Positively. Yeah. Um, all right, so so I'm gonna I'm going to address. So we, we've kind of hit upon a lot of the big things in the in the story. So I do have to address not whether or not I think it held up, but I do have to address um, my issue with the movie. So I warned you <laughs> on this, Carrie. Yeah. So it's because I know you love it, and I'm not saying I didn't because I did like it, and it's ge- it's genuinely good. However, here's what I'm gonna say. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Sylvester Stallone has the worst comic timing. Yes. Ever. Ever. He's the weakest
1: link in the movie. He,
0: that's the problem with the movie. Yes, 100%. Because ev- everybody else does all the heavy lifting, and he says every line exactly the same way. His comic timing is terrible. Yeah. And and there are times when it seems like... There's a lot of one-shots in this movie. So it's like one person, and then Sylvester, and then one person, and then Sylvester. It's so a lot of one-shots. And I, I'm totally... I'm making crap up here, so... I almost think like they went to Sylvester and they said, your line is this. And he said the line and said, that's good. And then they shot Marissa. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible.
2: You know
0: what I mean, just totally not in no conversation. All right. Say this. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of one shots where it seems like he's just saying stuff. And they say like, he's not in character and then action. And then you can see him come into character and quick and say the one line. And then he's out of there. It's yeah. just he has terrible comic timing, which is, I'm glad he only did two. Again, can he act? Can Silver Sloan act? Yes, he can act. He's a he's character really, actor. Yeah, he's really, He's a, I'm not taking anything away from him. He just has terrible comic timing. He doesn't know where yeah. the jokes are, how to hit them, and that's my problem. And I had a discussion with my wife earlier, and she said, okay, he has terrible timing. Who could play it? And I don't wow. know.
3: I have, I have an answer that they tried go ahead okay. they tried to get Al Pacino. And um Oh, he wouldn't have been good either. You know what they tried for? Uh, yeah. What John Landis wanted. Okay. And they lured him away to do Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy paid more. Also not good. Right. Oh, all right. What, what? Well, fine. Uh, but they they paid right. him more. So it was like like an extra million dollars or something like that. So. Right. So, so Carrie, are you are you with me?
1: I 100 percent agree with you. Uh, okay, all right. And I feel terrible because mm-hmm. it's literally Sylvester Stallone's movie, mm-hmm. and he's the worst part.
4: Yeah. Okay.
1: The the movie idea, mm-hmm. the script. Yep. The actors. Mm-hmm. The dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's it. There's so much potential in this film. Yep. And the weakest link, other mm-hmm. than in the, in, and you address this as well. Yeah, his wife, mm-hmm. who's a real Italian actress. Yep. Um, like you, she's what's her name? Hold on, Ornella uh, Muti.
0: Yeah, never heard of her.
1: Never heard of her before.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: so a the wife you like you don't have any like when you see Tim Tim Curry or you see mm-hmm. Chaz Palminteri, like you love them from other things right but mm-hmm. there's no connection to Snaps' mm-hmm. his wife because you have no idea who she is. Correct. So I wish that someone that I had some kind of connection to had been cast in that role,
4: mm-hmm. and
1: then someone with a little bit... Whoever would have gotten the Snaps role, if not for Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. it had to have been someone with with that imposing physical stature. Like It right. had to be someone like... John Cena or The Rock or like someone with an action movie kind of physique because mm-hmm. they needed to be the big intimidating scary mobster guy that is in charge of a big family syndicate like they have to be an imposing figure right. that you would believe people would legitimately be afraid of
0: uh, I I the only person I could throw into the ring was a Mishmash of an actor who did a mob movie before and then a comedy movie actor after, and that was James Caan. Because he's funny in Elf, and he's terrifying in yeah. Godfather, but I don't think he's tall enough. <laughs> and well, that's the thing.
1: He's not he that imposing physical presence. I mean. yeah. Right.
0: I think he could pull off the timing chops and the intimidating chops because he's intimidating and funny in Elf, but he's not yeah. tall enough, and he doesn't have great hair. He doesn't look Italian enough.
1: And I think but. the person needs to have a certain amount of, I, I think sex appeal is the wrong word, sure. but attractiveness, no. mm-hmm. because he's got the hot wife and the beautiful daughter. Like, mm-hmm. this guy is so supposed to have De the big, beautiful house. I mean, De Niro huh?
3: sort of, at least, he's not like, you know, a giant, but they kind of could always make him very scary. And he's a very good De Niro was actor because if you saw right. analyze this and that and uh, yeah um,
0: Midnight Run yeah. Oh, no, no, no Midnight I'm Run just, Meet the, throwing, Fockers. Yeah, the Fockers Meet yeah, the I'm Fockers just
3: throwing stuff out there but
0: uh. I I just don't know if he look uh, I, I, don't he he con- I don't think he does old I don't think he do confused that well because you know <laughs> I what I mean just, like yeah. he's not he doesn't do confused no
2: no yeah, it's there cool. is I a just-
1: certain amount of like there's got to be a naivete in the character too. Right to not to not be able to figure out which fucking bag.
0: <laughs> like you gotta, a, you really are hung up on those bags. Well, like, that's how you you fucking of the whole not movie. know the movie. I know, I know. That's the it's whole just, movie. How do you not see the bag? Yeah,
1: like it's that's the underwear. <laughs> Don't open you, it; it's the underwear. Honestly,
0: when you pick up a bag full of jewelry and it's not you'd, jewelry, wouldn't you'd know?
1: You know. <laughs> Yeah, you'd you'd know do. it was lingerie. There would definitely be a weight difference between a bag full of diamonds and a bag full of panties.
0: I don't know. But I don't There's know. There's big people out there. <laughs>
1: but I don't know who would be better cast in it.
4: Yeah. I don't either. And,
1: and the casting for that role is the whole movie.
0: Right. Right. That's what I'm, that's what I'm stuck on. It's almost yeah. like you have to do Stallone, but he's just not going to be very. You got to teach him comic chops. Yeah, that's the only. That's the only thing. That was the only thing because everybody else. I mean the 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 Taylors were perfect. Harry oh, Shearer the and the other guys They are timing perfection. Even, I and love the And Then you got to the watch. Then you got to watch provolone like muscle right. his way through some lines. It's In, like even ah, when uh, I like even
3: when they're playing the piano and then. Like they, they, with their yeah. other hand, yeah. or like you know, like dancing around, mm-hmm. it's just awesome. <laughs> it's, yeah. They don't have to say or playing anything. cards with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or when they call them, it's
0: like you take your get uh, tell your two attack dogs to lay off, and they say sit, and then they oh, both sit, so
1: and then they good. sit, yeah, and
0: then they sit exactly at the same time. I mean, it's just they're real good, and that's that's, yeah. that's my only thing.
1: Well, all of the guys, all I mean, even you know, like Connie
0: like mm-hmm.
1: Chaz Terry is supposed to be the big thug the mm-hmm. dumb guy and and there's his comic timing even though there's not a lot of dialogue coming from him but what mm-hmm. he does have mm-hmm. he nails at every turn yep don't call me yep. boss sorry boss like yep. it's so fast
4: mm-hmm.
1: and when he finally he's the guy that is almost the audience because he's trying to keep it straight for you. And he's like, so your other daughter that's not your daughter, that's got the bag. And they're like, yes. And he, and he has this look like, I got it.
4: <laughs> yeah. And he's
1: like the voice of the audience that he's yep. the guy. Meanwhile, he's the guy that literally kills everyone mm-hmm. on any other day.
4: Yep,
0: And yep.
1: today he's trying to keep a bag of underwear straight.
0: Right. He's got a lead pipe
3: and a and a vial of poison well, in his that, suit. I, yeah. He hands down has the a lead pipe. He's got the scariest face. Like possibly sure. out of all the actors that would play mobsters. Like he just it's just the mm-hmm. intimidating face. I had
1: the most stereotypical day. I I there I went to Strega which anybody that's ever been to Boston, mm-hmm. if you don't know the North End in Boston, it's like the yep. little Italy of Boston. Yep. And Hanover Street is just lined with amazing restaurants that have outdoor cafes and whatever. And Strega is like the Spago. It's like the yep. famous, that's where all the Hollywood celebrities go. And whenever like record reps or whoever would wanna come into Boston and like go out to dinner or whatever, they either wanna go and have lobster and clam chowder. Or mm-hmm. especially if they come from the West Coast, people from the West Coast always want to go out for Italian food because there's no good mm-hmm. Italian food on the West Coast. Correct. And so I was at a record industry dinner one night at Strega that's owned by a guy named Nick Verano for anybody that, I mean, so it's like straight Italian. And we're sitting at Strega eating one night, and I look over and Chaz Palmenteri is sitting at the table next to us. And I was like oh my god I wanted all the lines from Oscar are rolling (laughs) through my head because I'm like do I do do I become that person Mm -hmm. that goes up and is like boss sorry boss yeah because you know that with all the things Chaz Palminteri's done nobody ever quotes Oscar to him
0: right that's why you should have done it
1: I know, and I didn't because it was like he was eating and he was in town filming something. And I didn't want to be that person. But I was like, on the other hand, if I go up and quote Oscar, he'll be like, no one has ever quoted
2: that movie to me before.
3: That's awesome.
1: (laughs) Which is why when you guys asked me to pick a movie, I was like, you know what? Like, I don't want to pick something like everyone. Like, I hope somebody... Goes and watches it and goes. All right, look. This, not, this movie's not fucking brain surgery, mm-hmm. but it's got some really mm-hmm. funny lines in it.
0: Yeah, it does. And it's it's certainly uh, it's certainly fun to to see all the the stuff come together. So, um,
2: yeah. hey, and I I'm think- a
1: huge Tim Curry fan too. Like, how can you not love like Doctor Poole? Like, it's it's such a ridiculous, over the top portrayal of this incredibly educated bookworm nerd that is that that's like working for the mobster because he's getting paid really well but he's scared shitless to walk in the house right.
0: Like, and, and Tim Curry who can basically do anything yes. has been in some shitty movies but he's awesome in those shitty movies like he's, yes. a, he's a professional he yes. doesn't he, he could call it in anytime he wants to yeah. and he just doesn't because he's an actor and he's going to give a, the best performance he can even if he's dealing with a bag of crap, uh, not calling this movie bag of crap, but certainly there are others. And that's um, one of the lines
1: my sister and I quote all the time, is yeah. that like my sister will go, Dr. Poole, and I'll go, hello, <laughs> like it's just these stupid little things, and now you guys would get the jokes because you've seen the movie.
0: <laughs> it's a connection, man. But when it's my sister,
1: like my sister doesn't knock, right, to come into my yep. house, she just comes in and she'll mm-hmm. walk in and, and that's how she announces oh. herself she'll go dr pool and i'll yell from across the house hello
4: <laughs>
2: stupid i know it's
1: stupid but no, it just it's, is
0: it's not stupid it's okay it's all good man um so i i think um i think it's a good time for final judgment i think we've covered a lot of this mm-hmm. so uh unless there's any other opinions or angles you want to come at i think we're going to do final judgment is that okay with you carrie
1: well here, let me before you judge sure when you when you talk about does it hold up, yep, I think the cool thing about this being a period piece, yep is that because it was made in the nineties but about the prohibition era in chicago mm-hmm. that that any movie that's kind of made about a previous time sure you you don't have that uncomfortable decade where yep. it's not old enough mm-hmm. But not new enough mm-hmm. and so you can watch it at any time and it, mm-hmm. and you're not looking at like the model of the mm-hmm. cell phone exactly. to right. judge the technology and like mm-hmm. like it is far enough back where the period part of it, I think makes it timeless that's my that's my pitch before right, your judgment.
0: Yeah. All right. well, here comes the theme. okay <clears throat> it's time now for final. Judgment. Are you ready to rubber stamp this bitch? Here's the final judgment. All right, so now it's time for uh, it's time for final judgment. Uh, I guess we have a we have a, it's a heavy bitch episode. The word bitch been well, used twice. Um, so no, if, <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, it follows um, me yeah. everywhere. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Steve, All right, so, uh, so at this point, what we're going to do voice, is the
3: guy does our voices, yep. and uh, he he set he sets up a uh, uh, intro every week. Yeah, He got that from her Facebook page, so he didn't call her that. <laughs> oh, no, I know. Oh, that, people I know. have been calling yeah. me
1: that for years. Are you kidding me? <laughs>
0: no, that's fine. All right, so, so at this point, um, so we're going to render whether or not, um, so the movie came out in 91. It's uh, That was a long time ago. And uh, what we want to do right now is decide whether or not it holds up. Uh, There's a lot of reasons that things can hold up. Like Kyrie was saying a moment ago, I'm not sure if it's going to be on air, what she just said, but you know, are there anything that sticks out technologically? Um, But also in terms of what is funny then in 1991, uh, as opposed to funny now, or things that are appropriate then, I not appropriate now. And that's, it's kind of tough when you have a period piece because everybody's talking in period. So anything that happens are going to be lifestyles from the 30s. So it's tough to have that kind of thing uh, for for whether or not it holds up. But I, I'm going to go first quick because I think mine's going to be quick. Um, I would say upon looking at this movie, except for, again, I'm not Mr. Woke, but I don't think jokes about people with large stutters are going to go. Um, I just think that kind of probably is weaned away these days. Um, and so that's it. That's my only bit. I, I think it does hold up. And I will say this, I think if you made this movie now, if you made this as a movie now, I think it would just do as well as it did then, which is to say not very. I don't think people are gonna rush out to see it. Um, I think it would have a lot more success as a touring play, like with a a large budget for stage setups and hire the right actors. I think it would be way more popular as a stage play on Broadway, off Broadway, um i think it was if you if you made it today it would do just as well which again is to say it did not do very well in the theater um which is sad because there were a lot of crappier movies that did better than this movie which is unfortunate but that's my take so yes it does kind (laughs) of so
3: um who's next um i'll yeah
2: i'll go
4: ahead,
3: jay go ahead uh well, I mean, the period piece is hard to uh, ignore when I. You know, I've, I've brought this up many times, so I, I do like that. It's easier to say that something does hold up because we're not laughing at, ah, look at that weird car, or like cell phone made in the 90s, you know, or whatever, not cell phones, but you know what I'm saying, like pay phones. <laughs> you know, like we're not laughing at tech from the 90s. So yeah. that's an easier way. But I got to say, crystal clear hold up like i mean i'm talking about the film like it was shot so well uh it looks mm-hmm. like it could have came out yesterday uh, at how well yep. this has been preserved you know like there are some movies in the mm-hmm. early 90s or late 80s where you're like wow that's blurry and fuzzy and, you know yeah. this is look
0: like it got, looks like it got shot through yeah, a, a dirty bar one, glass oh, and I, I mean it's like it's no, like it's crystal high clear
3: depth, yeah very well it's just like all mm-hmm. the shots are just perfect Um, Mm -hmm. I
4: don't
3: know. I, I think the comedy is, is a, is, you know, it is like an older type of comedy, but boy, you know, it just, it's, I, I I like that it's so clean. You know what I mean? Like we talked about it's PG, like that's pretty rare today, this day and age. Mm -hmm. What what movies PG ever? Like, you know what I mean? So like, that's kind of a refreshing thing. You see that. And it's like, like I, you know, I was going to show my daughter and, uh, my wife, yeah, I ended up having timing, I ended up having to watch it alone, but like, I I can see them having a blast. So like, I can absolutely see people today, if they if they sat down to check this out, I think they would have a blast with it, because it is them, it is, it's a lot of fun. So I'm gonna say absolutely holds up.
0: Cool.
2: All I think right, it Gary. holds up
1: too. I think, like I watch a lot of TikTok videos, just because I just watch a lot of TikTok videos. <laughs> And your criticism about, about the stuttering informant,
4: mm-hmm.
1: like all I can think about are the people I see on TikTok
4: mm-hmm. that
1: have Tourette's yep. that are like taking control of their own Tourette's by making their own Tourette's videos and stuff. Sure, okay, yeah. And I, and I think that the fact that the informant, who's the person that the authorities in the movie, the feds, and the and the rival family mm. literally have to hang on every word this guy says because they're paying him for inside information. Yeah, and he's the guy with the stutter.
0: All right, fair enough. All right, yep.
1: Like I think mm-hmm. that I think that that's actually, and I'm not trying to make fun of people with a stutter, but I think mm-hmm. that 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 part of it is that they have to sit there and like like the like the attorney in my cousin Vinny.
4: Yep, okay. The Public
1: Defender and My Cousin yeah, Vinny, where yeah, you're yeah. like, oh my God, just get it out, ladies <laughs> yeah. and gentlemen of the jury. Like, get mm. it out! Right. But I think that's part of it. And I think, mm-hmm. I, I mean, look, there's an argument to be made that it stereotypes Italians.
0: True. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, there was right. a lot
1: of criticism when The Sopranos came out from the mm-hmm. Italian-American community that were like, can we be something other than the mafia in mm-hmm. Hollywood? Right. And so, like, in that part of it, too, I think there's going to be a certain amount of wokeness where it's like, really, does the guy's name have to be Snaps Prevalone? Like, does it have to? But mm-hmm. I think, I think if you can take this movie for what it is, mm-hmm. that it's not, if you're willing to suspend your disbelief
4: mm-hmm.
1: and you're willing to accept that it's just trying to make you laugh.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And that I don't think there is, I think intent is a lot when it comes to whether something holds up culturally. Sure. Is whether they're purposefully trying to belittle a person or group of people. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that they're trying to belittle Italians, no. and I don't believe that they're trying to belittle people with a stutter. So sure. I feel like it's more of a pure intention where it just mm-hmm. is kind of there because that was kind of what made the joke funnier.
4: Sure, but oh, I don't.
1: I don't feel like there was ill will towards mm-hmm. anyone specifically. Which, again, to your point, is rare in this day and age. That like right. they weren't looking to purposefully punch mm-hmm. down.
0: Sure. You oh know? yeah, I, I, I fully. Uh, I, I fully admit I, that it's not like that bothered me. I just thought of something that maybe somebody would get hung up on. Yeah. No. But no. no I, and I agree yeah. with you. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I think. I think in in the grand scheme of things in the world, I think someone's intent Mm -hmm. says a lot about whether or not you deserve to be mad at them for what they said. And I think especially like a lot of stand-up comedians even now are talking about like, look, I'm just trying to be funny.
4: Right. I'm not trying
1: to punch down at Mm -hmm. people and pick on people or whatever. And it's like, I think sometimes... People get so worked up trying to find something to be offended by that it's like just let it be funny. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah, like like
1: how else do you make the informant funny? Mm -hmm. Except you've got a room full of people literally focused on his every word, so of course he's got (laughs) to have a stutter. Yeah,
3: we gotta wait, (sighs) please. Wait for this information. Get it
1: out. Yeah,
3: you know that's cool. So
1: I I. I think it, it. I think it holds up. But like yep. I said, you guys humored me by letting <laughs> me pick the movie. This is an absolute guilty pleasure for me, so I'm a hundred percent in on it. I, I even, even the bad comedic timing but, by the star.
3: You know, mm-hmm. we were debating who could it be, and you just brought up my cousin Minnie. How did? How the hell did Joe we Pesci? not think of him? Because you know what? Maybe he, in size, he's not. But he scares the shit out of people every time he plays a bad guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, you, you, yeah. Good He can do funny and he can and, do and, terrifying. Uh, yeah. you know, yes, scared to death, man. Like I don't want to be. Yep. I don't want to be friends with him. Yep. I don't want to be near him. <laughs> he's in the same city. Yep. I'm out. But but right.
1: my cousin Vinny, it, with Marissa Tomei Timing. too. Like yep.
3: that guy mm-hmm. has got some time. Yeah,
1: yep. he, he. You know what? Other than like the the physical prowess of a Stallone. The action right. figure build.
3: Pesci mm-hmm. like, can scare the shit out of everybody.
1: And would have no, been yes. really funny.
3: It might have been. Funny.
1: All right. Yeah.
0: Well, we're going to have to pitch that. Let's do, let's do a, mar- a work up on a script. Uh, yes. Yeah. Let's all work on it together. We'll send it all over to Can somebody
1: just work on this stage play and put it back <laughs> on Broadway,
0: please? I know, right? So, all right. Well, I, I think we have picked apart our... Uh, I almost said Arthur. Oh, okay, no. Um... <laughs> That's a totally different movie. <laughs> um, I think we have we have investigated Oscar enough. I do want to thank um, our guest, Mistress Carrie. Again, round of applause all thank around. Thank you, guys. Just, just, just for bringing this up to us, this basically forgotten movie for me. And hopefully and, and hopefully, uh, people can listen to our suggestions, mostly Carrie's suggestions, that pick this one out of the dust, man. It's it's not, like I said, it's not perfect, but I don't know. I didn't feel like I wasted no, was four fun. bucks. Um you know what I mean? It's it not rocket some, surgery, as it's they not say. Rocket, it's not rocket surgery. So yeah. um, I want to thank you again. I, again, uh, uh, before we go, uh, Carrie, please tell us uh, where we can find you on social media, what podcasts you're on. And so this is your uh, let us know what, what you're doing.
1: Well, everything um, is at mistresscarrie.com. That's the easiest thing. Um, mm-hmm. You can search for the Mistress Carrie podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It's a rock lifestyle podcast. So there's a lot of rock stars on there, um, a lot of legendary iconic rock bands and then a lot of newer artists that I'm trying to introduce you to that I think you might like if you like rock music but the music is the thread of the podcast so if you enjoy rock music you're gonna go through these episodes and you're gonna find either people you find interesting or bands that you love Um, and if you subscribe to the podcast you also get what I call the situation report So every weekday you get the sit rep, which is like all your rock news, music headlines, entertainment, but it's only five minutes long. So if you don't have all the time in the world, but you still love rock music and kind of want to know what's going on, you can literally listen to this while you're brushing your teeth in the morning. So just subscribe to the Mistress Carrie podcast. And then um, I'm on 100 FM The Pike in Worcester and um, a bunch of other radio stations around the country through Westwood One and i host a video streaming show on my facebook page every tuesday night at eight thirty called cocktails nice. in the war room where we talk about music and current events and um and i'm at like 150 episodes already which is like insane that yeah it started during the pandemic and um i did it nightly for 80 nights in a row it became God. i know it, <laughs> i did 80 nights in a row through the height of the lockdown and then wow. we turned the show into a weekly show so I'm pretty busy, but everything is, um, even my online store, everything is at awesome. MistressCarrie.com. So. All
0: right. Excellent. MistressCarrie.com. Thank I'm you gonna guys so
1: much. I Thank really you. appreciate you opening up your show to me and, uh, and allowing me to make a ridiculous movie suggestion. And I'm glad <laughs> that it did exactly what I had intended <laughs> because you guys are such big movie guys yeah. that there was a lot of pressure on me to like bring something to the table.
4: Mm-hmm. And I didn't nope. want
1: it to be something that you guys had seen a bunch and already mm-hmm. kind of had opinions about. Like, I'm glad that I was able to like find a little nugget of something mm-hmm. that made your life a little bit awesome. different for the day. So that well, makes that, me happy.
0: Definitely that's true, but I will say that you made us an offer that we couldn't refuse. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, so everybody, if you want to uh, email us, uh, you can email us at filmcrickets80998099 at gmail.com um yeah, again follow instagram right jay uh instagram our youtube channel if you want to see our lovely faces uh in our various man caves and other people's studios uh see so what hey where do they live what do they have back there um that's always fun intruding but fun and um please recommend us all all your friends uh if you're listening to apple podcast please rate and review and uh one other thing the um Thanks again to Steve LaVoy for for doing the voices in the middle and to Draco and the Malfoys for making our theme song. And I got to say one thing. I was in my liquor store in Brooklyn, Connecticut on Friday and the person behind the counter had a like a weird Harry Potter shirt on. And it was uh, I commented on it and she said, oh, no, it's a band. It's a uh, uh, Tonks and the Aurors. And I so oh, that's funny because my this band that I uh, opened that made our excuse me that made our theme song is Draco and the Malfoys, and she says, "I know who they they are. I've That's been to right. their house. I never would have guessed." So I guess Draco and the Malfoys has a following between Harry Potter rock and roll nerds, uh, and so and liquor I'm, stores and liquor stores. So yeehaw, Fireball and
3: Draco and the Malfoys.
0: So anyway, uh, Jason, what we got coming up? Do we do we know what's happening I, next time? Yeah, I
3: Next week we're doing um, the first of our two Friday the 13ths uh, that we're trying to time for uh, okay uh, October. So I'm not sure, we're, uh, you know. we the, the goal is to do okay. a month of uh, fi- horror for October, but
1: it's the yeah, best it's so time of the year.
3: I, I I oh. concur. So
0: my favorite. All right, excellent. So it's going to be a Friday the 13th. I think Ocher. it's 5 or yeah. 6, one of um, those two. Uh, rejoin it, yeah. Not with Ray. Ah, yes. All right, cool. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you very much. And uh, tune in, let everybody know, and have a wonderful week. <gasps>